Hey, welcome to Faith Marketplace, where we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. Hey, welcome back to another recording here of Faith Marketplace, where we inspire, equip, and encourage Christians to lead where they're at by their walk. And boy, have I got a terrific guest today that is exactly doing that. So you got to stay tuned because you're going to get blown away by this young lady. I'd like to introduce you to Sierra Dockery. She is a CEO of both House of Light and Growth and Prosperity Consulting. We're going to talk about all those. So just stay tuned, fasten up your seatbelt because we're going to be taking and ripping off here. So welcome, Sierra. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Welcome, everyone. Yeah. Hey, listen, you know, you shared with me one of your life verses or a quote that was really special to you. Would you share that with the audience? And why is that important? Why is it special? Absolutely. So I had two that I shared. One, when I was going through my journey in college, I heard this quote and it's always stuck with me because it ties to my spirituality. Um, it came from Helen Keller. The only thing worse than being blind is having sight but no vision, which ties to the principles when we grew up of you got to write out your plan. If you want to tell God a story, write out your plan and let him laugh. Right. So actually understanding you have to have a plan in place to know where you're going. So that was one of my all time favorite life quotes. And then recently, through my spiritual journey, I found a new one. Um, so it's First Chronicles 4 and 10. Um, it says, Jabez cried out to the God of Israel, Oh, that you would bless me and enlarge my territory. Let your hand be with me and keep me from harm so that I will be free from pain. And that ties to me, that's a business scripture for me because we always walk and we always want to work with clients in particular um, that will not lead us necessarily in harms. And I can say for me, I can't tell you I have a bad client experience because I've led by this scripture that I'm free of pain from any hurt, harm or danger that might come up. But I've always been able to delegate on how to pivot when someone's having a trying time. So those are my two life quotes. I love it. I love it. And I love it. The Jabez quote is something that's near and dear to me also, because I was given that back actually when I came to faith about 20 years ago. And uh, yeah, and it was very profound. This young, this gentleman that shared that with me, uh, he said, I'm going to tell you something, Bob. Jabez is not talked about very much in the Bible or anything, but he said, this one is a powerful, powerful, uh, you know, scripture verse. And I, I, you're right, I've treasured that. And I'm glad you reminded me because I kind of forgot about it for a while. So that's a great reminder of, um, of everything that you've done here. You know, obviously you'd like some takeaways for the audience today to take away out of our conversation because I want to make sure they kind of get that framework of, listen for this. These are some things that I'm going to be sharing today. So what is that? Um, the reality for me is the takeaways is you're going to get to hear some practical advice. I think sometimes when I was going through this journey of entrepreneurship, I heard all the things I should do. But no one actually told me the practical things that I need to be doing, right? right. So I think that is one thing I, I would say they should take away from today. And honestly, my journey um, from my humble beginnings to my current status and success, it's not your typical upbringing story. So I would say that. And my last one would be just valuable tips and strategies to identify and pursue like your business opportunities, building a strong team and 
having a man, uh, knowing how to manage your finances, but more importantly, what's your purpose in all of this? Because if your purpose is not aligned to what you're doing, why are you doing it? So those are my takeaways from today's show. Oh, that's great. That's great. And passing along. Well, let's let uh, the audience know a little bit about that background of yours, okay? And that's uh, getting to your testimony. So did you come out of Bouncing Baby Christian Girl? Uh, if, if you let me tell my story, yeah. I'll say, yeah, because my my mother, um, so my mother went to Iowa State, mm-hmm. full basketball, went to Nebraska, and raised me and my sister in Nebraska, married my father in college, and we went to Nebraska. And so my upbringing was in Nebraska. Um, but all I remember was going to Salem Baptist Church every Sunday. I, I would never forget, okay? <laughs> That's what my upbringing was, right? I, I okay. knew to go to church. When we left every summer, school would get out in May. My mother had us on the first flight back to Chicago to my grandparents that was here in Chicago. And we didn't miss a beat. We went to church every Sunday. I had my slip. Uh, We went to Bible study. We went vocational. Like, that was our summer. So if you ask me, and from my recollection, yeah, I came out of Bouncing Baby Christian (laughs) because it was embedded in us to go to church. And that is all I knew was church. (laughs) Right. So uh, there's more to the story now. Let's t- take me through yes. uh, young your childhood and then into into school because you had some tra- traumatic experiences. So, oh, okay. So we're gonna go yeah. back to go forward. Yeah, just yeah. Growing up, I w- I lived in Nebraska. It was me, my mom, and my sister. And by the time I got into school, my mother and my father did divorce. Okay. Um, but I struggled in school. I was very smart. I can talk to anybody. I can I can sell you your shoes on your feet. But when someone asked me to read, uh. I really believe I had a form of dyslexia because I could not read what was in front of me. I could oh, not wow. tell you that the word was the, of. And I remember we got to third grade and I will never forget my principal. He sat down with my mom and my mom bawled. She's like, I've worked hard. We have a loving, supporting family. What do you mean you're going to have to retain Sierra? They're like, she, she's great, but she cannot read. And we can't push her forward if she can't read. And I right. remember sitting at the table that night and I just saw my mother cry. She didn't say nothing. She just cried. And I remember I talked to God. I said, God, if you will. Just when I wake up in the morning, just allow me to be able to read. And I promise you, I don't want to make my mom cry ever again. He heard my cries because the next morning I was reading. And I remember getting the DCFS called on my mom because they thought she beat me. Like in 24 hours, 48 hours, how did Sierra coming back to school reading? She was like, I didn't do nothing. I said, Ma, I, I just stayed up all night. I was like practicing just reading. And so from there on, they were like, you're going to still struggle phonetically because I did have the ear to sound out words, blend words. And so I said, if I can't read, I'm going to use technology and I'm going to be my, use my ability to speak, okay. to communicate whatever I'm thinking. I may not be able to write it. I may not be able to read it, but I will definitely know how to speak it. Okay. And that's, that was from there. And then we moved back. I'm sorry. So after all of that, we moved back to Chicago. My grandparents end up getting sick. So my mom brings us back to Chicago. And I go to public school in Chicago in the South Suburbs. I get there and we're 
two years ahead of them in the Nebraska school system. So wow. I'm in classes now helping my teachers, right? Ah. With the curriculum from my classmates. Right. So I always knew I wanted to be a teacher because I got to be a teacher <laughs> when I got to fifth grade. Cause I, I, love knew, I already knew this material. Yeah. So I was teaching. So stayed, um, stayed all throughout high school. Um, I played sports. I was all American athlete. I played volleyball. I was All-American for volleyball. Loved it. Trials and tribulations still showed up. Things happened. And I remember one of my coaches, she knew my story. And one day I went to class and in my in my book, she had money wow. waiting for me. And she said, hey, I know what you've been going through. I know you still come and show up for practice, but here's money to get you by. Wow. And I'm like, what? Wow. Wow. I didn't know my coach was even paying attention to me. Right. So that was high school. Yeah. Wow. That was God showing up in your life, girl. <laughs> Man. God showed up. Yeah. And that was high school, even though, sorry to tell you this, Bob, but I got expelled out of high school my senior year. Last week of school, I get expelled. Whoa. So that's the same. I have a different story than right. most people would know. Right. I get expelled. I was going down to um, Clark, Atlanta, to Spelman. I wanted to go to an HBCU. Unfortunately, when I was doing that summer tour, my grandfather took me to Kentucky State, Clark, Atlanta, Spelman, more. I went to all the HBCUs. And then we came back and did a school tour in the state of Illinois. And I went to Illinois State. And my grandfather was like, oh, she's going to be fine. And that December, he got sick and he passed away. My senior year, oh boy. January 3rd, 2006, he passed away. And I remember how devastated my grandmother was because they were married for 44 years. Wow. I wow. said, I can't go down south. Yeah. I can't. Mm -hmm. I have to stay local. And I got the paperwork that January after he passed away that I got accepted to Illinois State University. Wow. And I went to college. <laughs> there you go. I love it. I love it. And then, you know, the story, as you shared with me, you know, that's where you had your love for teaching that manifested itself there. But you hit another little speed bump there in college, didn't you? <laughs> like I said, God has been on my side my entire life. I get right. to college. I knew I wanted to be a teacher, right? Right. I get to my junior year. Illinois State had this rule that most people didn't know about, that when you get to your junior year, if you have 75 hours and you have not declared a major, you either have one or two options. You either get kicked out of the university because you're just here to be here, or two, you graduate with a general studies degree. I am 17, 18, 19 years old, 20 you tell me I'm graduate with a general study degree. What kind of life can I have with this? I mean, does do they make money? And my advisor was like, it's just that a general study, whatever job you can get, you can find. That's what you're going to get. I said, no, that's not going to work. So that semester, I would never forget my advisors. Um, at that time, it was the TRIO program um, for first uh, students who have just I think it's first generation students. I had to correctly identify what it was first generation students. They put the whole team together. They said, okay, we can write an appeal to make sure that you can stay one more semester, but you have to declare a major. What do you want to do? And I was like, I don't know. I know I just want to teach. So they made me take a test. And after I took the test, a list of potential options were there. 
One was special education and ah. ISU is known for teaching. And when special ed pop up, I said, y'all do know I'm a byproduct of special ed. They're like, no, you're not. I said, check my files. I couldn't read or write all the way up until the fourth grade. And they saw, they were like, okay, Dockery, here's your classes. <laughs> you're going to take anatomy of the, <laughs> the anatomy of the eye, a history class, a business class and a math class, which are all teaching classes to see if you could teach those subjects. Yeah, I'm not teaching nobody's history. I was like, this is boring. I didn't like the class. Business, I said, I have to teach them how to function in their business. I don't, I don't want to do it. And then I had to take math. I said, I just need to know what one plus one, which is two. But you need me to teach kids how to get to two? Yeah, that's two. <laughs> I, let me take this anatomy of the eye. And... I had to write a 40 page paper by the end of that semester on all of the eye conditions in the world. Wow. Wow. I said, I took the class. I fell in love. Yep. And I went back to my advisors. I said, I fell in love with this anatomy of that. What do I do with it? They were like, well, here at ISU, you only have three choices when it comes to special ed. Enroll in the deaf and hard of hearing program, which is your sign language. Um, your learning behavior specialist to deal with kids that are emotionally disturbed, or you can do low vision and blindness. I'm very ignorant. I'm young. I don't know no better. I said, low vision and blindness. What's that? I know I took the anatomy of the eye, but what does that have to do with anything? They were like, I know you've heard of Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder. And I said, I did. They were like, you do know Ray Charles went to the school for the blind. I said, he had a school back then? They had schools for people like that? <laughs> <laughs> There's teachers for people like Ray Charles and Stevie Wonder. They're like, yeah, go home, look at the movie Ray with Jamie Foxx, right. and then come back that Monday. I said, okay. Went home, and it was 20, I want to say 20, around 2011, 2012. And I remember I watched the news, WGN, and two deaf people were killed at a bus stop in the city because they thought they were throwing up gang signs. And they were just signing to each other. Right. And then I watched the movie Ray and I saw when mom said, Ray, you got to go. You can't stay here. And when I started doing the research, I was like, wait, Ray Charles went to the school for, for the blind in Boston? Wait, there's teachers. It opened the door. I came back on Monday. I said, yeah, deaf and hard to hear him. Nope. Because if I work in the inner city, I don't want to be killed. I don't want my students. Right. Right. Let's do this low vision and blindness. And and you're off of it. You're off. Yeah, I love it. I, I want the I want the our listeners to hear this of you because this is quite a story. And now it connects also to Helen Keller's quote, right? Uh, that you yes. know that that it connects perfectly to that. <clears throat> so let's let's move on. Let's tell the listeners about your business. I'm proud to welcome Inbound Studio as a sponsor of Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain. Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to help small and mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. Get out and check out our website, faithmarketplace.com, to see what I'm talking about. As a result, the company has evolved into a premier provider of web technology services in the Midwest. 
I encourage you to check them out at inboundstudio.studio. Again, that is inboundstudio.studio. What is your ideal client or target audience? And talk specifically about each one of them. Perfect. So House of Light. House of Light is my baby. Mm-hmm. House of Light is my educational and corporate training program that brings the sighted world into the world of those that are blind and visually impaired. Okay. So our target audience when working with those um, at House of Light is educational institutions, um, commercial institutions, industrial institutions, any institution that you have so you have our big businesses entertainment travel those anybody in those industries professional industries small business industries we work with those that are looking to incorporate those that are blind and visually impaired into their jobs mission and vision statement for diversity inclusion and accessibility oh, so that's that awesome. is who our target audience are for house of light um that's what we do. We work with the blind and visually impaired. We deal with them as young as birth and as old. I have one um, employee that works with them all the way up until they're 99 years old. So my team has certifications for all age groups. Okay. So that is House of Light. So let me make sure I understand. And also, it's a not-for-profit, right? House of Light? Is that a not-for-profit? No. Yeah. Actually, House, House of Light is for-profit. Oh, it is for-profit. Okay. from... It's right. a for-profit, yes. So let me make sure that I understand this and articulate it the way I think it is, and then you can you can share with me if this is right or not. House of Light basically is to, foremost, is to educate employers, institutions, or whatever about visually impaired and how they can work and they can function and do stuff for them. Now, do you also place people with them? Do you recruit and pl- place people that are visually impaired or, or blind? with these companies or do you just educate them? Um, so we do a little bit of both. We do partnership, collaboration, as well as placement. So last year, I'm glad you asked that question, Bob. Last year, we worked with a local school district that gave us two students that were blind that wanted experience in their field of choice. So I had one that wanted to do business. So we partnered up with the local um, small business where the student had hands-on experience of how to run a business the behind the scenes. Whereas the other young lady, she wants to be uh, a cosmetologist, a beautician. Right. So I found a local beautician in the area that said, hey, do you need help for the summer? I have a student that looks who's visually impaired that would like to get into this field. And it worked out perfectly. It was a six-week program. The kids loved it. Now they're going to school to be, one is going to be an entrepreneur and one is also going to be um, going to beauty school. I think she's going to Paul Mitchell so she could get her certification. And it was just those experiences that I were able to expose them to to make sure that both businesses had everything that was accessible, accommodating, that was still ADA compliant and how to then Mm -hmm. work with them, right? Because everybody feels that, oh, we need to help them. They're not independent. We can't speak to them. No, you can. You can walk up to them and greet them. If they have their cane out, ask them if they need assistance. But the reality becomes is they just want an opportunity to actually work and not be judged by their visual impairment. Yeah, that, that's, that's absolutely fabulous. Now, let's talk about growth prosperity. Why don't you explain to the folks what that's about, what the audience is, or who you want to be working with? Okay, so Growth and Prosperity is our family-owned and operated consulting firm. We work with all small businesses, um, 
corporate institute institutions, um, CEOs, freelancers, creatives on how to scale and grow their business. One of the things that I wish I had when I started House of Light in 2015 was somebody there to hold my hand. I'm like, okay, I started this business with no business background at that time. And I'm like, what do I do? I, I didn't have the support. So I look at growth and prosperity, which is named after my grandparents. So we used to call my grandmother, Granny, and my papa, Papa, and he was a deacon at his church. And the one thing he instilled in us is whatever you do, make sure you're growing in it and you're prospering in it. And when I sat back with my family, I said, how do we continue this legacy? What do, What was those values that he wanted for us? And we're like growth and prosperity. So no matter where you are in your business, our responsibility is to help you grow in it and prosper, whatever it looks like for you, because God didn't give me your vision. So I'm not about to take it because <laughs> that wasn't what my what assignment is. But my job was to teach. And so I teach the entrepreneurs, the freelancers, the CEOs how to grow and scale their business no matter where they are. That is terrific. So uh, now, when was that founded? When was Growth and Prosperity started? It was just recent, wasn't it? Growth and Prosperity started after I went and got that MBA. Ah, there <laughs> so you go. DePaul. Yep. So I graduated from DePaul University in 2001. Mm -hmm. um, you don't know, no, 2001, 2021. 21. That was recent, 2021 okay. with my MBA in management and entrepreneurship. Okay. And I said, okay, I got this whole MBA. I don't want it to go to waste. That's when the conversations happened with my mother and my sister. I said, we need to help small businesses. We need to help them understand everything that I learned from experience from 2015 up until the MBA. And now I have the MBA plus the life experiences of being a, a small business owner. Yeah, that's how growth but you also started. got another thing that helped you enormously, and that was you're part of Goldman Sachs, 10,000 companies. So speak about that, and what did that do for you? I am very transparent, honest. The Goldman Sachs 10K SB helped me shift my mindset from a small business owner, an entrepreneur, to a CEO. Okay. That is what that program did because I was moving and functioning in my business as an entrepreneur. And how I define entrepreneurship, and this is my definition, not Webster's, right. is you just started a business and you're hustling. You're just trying to make money. That's entrepreneurship, right? Okay. A small business owner is, okay, now you've got the traction, you got the revenue. Now you're building the business. Now you're growing the business. You, now you need a few people to help you grow it. That's a small business owner. But now a CEO has your operations in place. You have your KPIs. You got your documentation. You have your processes. You have your policies and procedures. You understand how to delegate certain tasks to the roles that you are needing to be filled. And now you're growing and scaling your business to six, seven, eight figures. That's my definition from entrepreneur, small business to CEO that Goldman Sachs helped me to now function as I'm not working in my business no more. I'm working on the business. On the business. I am the yep. CEO. Yeah. yeah. 
I'm yeah. the CEO of this business. You now. bet. And, and everybody that I've known that have gone through that and how I got to introduce to you is Nicole Martin, also yeah. a tremendous individual and a person of faith. And she's living that out in her business uh, is the fact that, to your point, making that transition to being a CEO and understanding what that's like to run. So you're bringing a heck of a lot of value to clients that are small maybe entrepreneurs that want to get up, get up, and you're really defining that for them as to, okay, if you want to just stay here, that's one thing. But if you have any idea about growing this, why don't you let us give you the roadmap? Why don't you let us come up alongside you and be your guide to get there? Is that what I'm hearing? Yes, that is exactly what we do. We're their guide to get them there. Okay, good. And, uh, and of course, the bringing the uh, House of Light into this, too. So what problems do you help, uh, help in the House of Light sets? What problems do you help them solve, you know, these clients that you take on? So because we have a two-fold business model, so on the educational side of that, if you have students that are identified as having a visual impairment based on the individual education plan, which we call it the IEP, we basically provide teachers into our educational sectors to help and assist and provide curriculum, training, workshops for kids K through 12, um, those that are blind or visually impaired. That's our education. On our corporate side, we provide workshops, two-day workshops and hands-on training to prevent them from having future liability issues. And because mm -hmm. most people don't think about that, right? right? Future liability issues when it comes to having diversity and inclusion. Um, the best example I can give you is I just went to a um, small business expo in Chicago. It was hosted at Kennedy College. And so happened, three people showed up that were blind and visually impaired. One I knew from previous work with, mm -hmm. and they asked me, they were like, Dockery, did they have anything in Braille? Mm. So when I went to the coordinator, I said, hey, you all have three participants here that are in need of materials in Braille that you all are presenting. And they just looked at me. And I said, well, guess what? Hey, I'm a licensed vision teacher. Give me your PowerPoint slide really quick. I can make it accessible right here on hand, and I can send it to them so that their device can read it to them. They just looked at me like we need to sit down and talk because we didn't think about that. So I prevent those future liability issues that companies may run into when you don't think about who's going to show up to your presentation. Or let's take Delta Airlines. You all want to give them this world-class flight experience, right? Right. So I will go in potentially to give a corporate training and workshop. But what does that actually look like? For a person that's blind to have that Delta world class experience, if you all don't have people within your entity that are blind or visually impaired. So I provide them the actual people. So my staff and my trainers all come from the blind community. Oh, wow. And so we do one day of straight information. And then the second day of the workshop is my blind trainers come in and now you get to see what they do so you now can adjust in your corporate side how to meet those accommodations for those that are blind by my team who's already blind that can't come in and help you give you that hands-on experience so I'm, I'm assuming because it's a for-profit organization and any of these situations that they're paying you a fee to come in and do this kind of stuff right and Absolutely. yeah now what about the schools when you're working with students and that stuff do they pay does the school pay you to help them 
Yes, because technically um, we are licensed teachers, right? Okay. And so that is a, from the IEP, it's a mm -hmm. federal contract. So they have to receive federal funding for us to use our license as special ed teachers to come in. So it's still considered Title I funding. And then they just have to allocate those funds for our service because according to law, we still have to meet those right. expectations of those it, children. It, and a curiosity them. question, Sierra, is there much of this that's being done? Because I got enlightened in when I first talked to you about this, and that was like a big revelation, uh, any of this. So is there much being done in this area around the country, or is this kind of uh, a real high specialty that not many people know about? A lot of people don't know about it, but there is a lot of awareness. Um, I will acknowledge like Target this past Christmas, Target had wrapping paper with a little boy that was blind and the CNI doll. So there is some talks and awareness. And then we're doing a big in STEAM right now. So science, technology, engineering, math of how do we get AI into the vision world? Because we know that some of our kids will never get their sight again, right? Right. So how do we still bring technology and AI to our kids? So yes, if you're in the community, but on a global scale, it's really not much talks. Um, and most people don't even know that this program exists. And right. at the time of my last research, there was only 19 universities in the United States that were even offering my program that I went to at Illinois State. So just imagine you got 50 states and only 19 of them are actually providing this program. Wow. Wow. Most people are not getting into it because they don't know about it. Right? Well, let's let, the, let's let the audience know because we want to get the word out. That's why you're here. Uh, yes. And how your, your faith walk is making is really guiding you through a lot of this. But how do they get a hold of you? Or what do they get a hold of to hear about House of Light? Is there a website, a phone number? What is there? Yes. So we do have a website, um, www.houseoflightllc.org. Okay. Um, they can follow us there. And when they go there, all of our social media platforms. So we're on Instagram, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook. And I was, we were talking about it earlier. We just got a YouTube channel. So we're trying to grow that Great. Um, because we do do our global project in Ghana every year as well. So we have to show you all what we're doing in Ghana at the school for the blind. Um, so they can meet us on social media. We're on all platforms. If you, okay. if you put in House of Light LLC, you can find us. Okay. And then the other one then is going to be, uh, how do they find out about um, growth and prosperity? So, you know, we didn't even talk about growth and prosperity. Like, who who do we address, right? We, yeah. we talked about the corporate side. Um, but we still help the um, entrepreneur. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah. In their operations. That is one of the things that I noticed is that we struggle with entrepreneurs is they don't understand their operations and they're often solo in the beginning. And they're like, well, I don't know how to delegate. I don't know how to delegate. Right. So we help them fine tune that like, okay, what does this look like? So we spend time. We, um, we're trying to roll out a CEO day right now where they spend at least six hours with us to get their whole operations together to then effectively delegate of now, how do I hire this person? What does this person look like? But they can also find us at G and P. So G A N D P consulting.org. Okay. We're on Facebook. We're on Instagram. We're on LinkedIn. You can find us on all those social media platforms, but that is one of our other bigger projects that we're working on is helping entrepreneurs understand the operational sides of their business. Yeah. And I'm assuming that you have, you, you have different price points for different levels of the business, right? 
that the, in Absolutely, working with you. Yes. So does that pretty pretty much you doing a discovery conversation, understanding where they're at now, what their hopes and dreams are, and and be able to put together a proposal that's fitting of their budget, uh, or, or do you just have standard pricing for all this? No. So see, this is that part of that management side that came from that MBA, right? Right. So they go to our growth and prosperity website and no matter what services they feel, see, this is where that automation and workflows come mm -hmm. in. You hit the button on the service and there's a questionnaire that comes up. Ah, okay. That questionnaire then feeds questions and then it will trigger different workflows. So before you even get to the call with me, <laughs> I have a clear idea where you are. And then once we get on the discover call, if there's some clarity, but based on our questions, I don't really often have clarity. It's, hey, when are you ready to start? Because I now know, and this is what we're going to do based off what you've asked, how we can uh, help you. And okay. I'm a big proponent when we talked about faith. Yep. I don't know all the answers. Bingo. I'm a connector. If I don't know the answer what based on your questionnaire, hey, I'm telling you, growth and prosperity is here, but at this time, we don't have the capacity, nor do we have the support you need. I can give you this recommendation based on what you need of someone within my network that I know that can meet your needs. So it's for me, it's never, oh, I just don't want the income, right? Because right. that can drive people crazy. Right. What I learned in my faith is to give you have to then be able to receive. So there's times that I have clients that I know I cannot provide services or I don't have the capacity. I hand them out to my network because I it's a better fit yep. with what they need. So Yeah. Let's talk real briefly. Let's talk about uh, this being a family affair now because <laughs> growth and prosperity, as you said, was a family affair. So who are the other participants in the family and what is it that they specialize in? So my sister, she is my HR. She is everything HR. She is my go-to. So if my our clients have issues with HR, they need job descriptions, they need someone to screen for interviews, that is my sister. She ended up getting her business degree from Western Michigan University. So my sister is a Bronco, okay? So that's her. <laughs> now, my mother is our other person that helps in I love her. She has been in insurance for years. So she specializes in all things insurance, whether it's whole life, um, term, uh, business insurance, because people don't talk about business insurance right, right. <laughs> um, until I got into the actual form of business. So right. anything insurance related, my mother has the certifications and credentials for. Okay. And then I have my uncle. See, most people don't like, wait, it's really family owned. Like, how do you work with your family? Everybody is know what their delegations are, right? And their roles and responsibilities. Right. But then my uncle is everything credit. Um, you need support and oh. understanding what credit is and how credit works. <laughs> you need to build your business credit because no one told me about building business credit. He sat down with me and said, okay, you have to look at these vendors and their net 30s and how to make sure your personal credit looks good for your business credit so you can apply for the maximum amount. So that is how our family. Okay runs and operates growth and prosperity. That's fabulous. Now, one of the things I th think that your mother does, but I'm not sure, does she do uh, benefits? Does she do insurance benefits? Does she get into that area or do you have other people you hand that off to? I, I am a hander off. Now, we don't get into the benefits, but if okay. you need things like um, one of the questions that came up actually last week in our group was, hey, Sierra, do you all do supplement insurance? Actually, 
my mother has her license to support you and help you understand as an entrepreneur what is supplement insurance. So right. she has her license in that capacity, but benefits, nope, I, I hand that off to the benefits people. Okay, great. So what I'm hearing is the consulting core of what you do is families that specialize in specific areas, and also you've got your expertise and then uh, anything else you can outsource or you can give them advice or guidance as to where they could get that kind of help, right? I would say be a little bit more specific. So yes, and more specifically, we really focus on like your business coaching, your consulting, your operations, right. your systems and your setups. And in the midst of that, if we find out that you need support with, again, your HR part, hey, we do that in-house. You right. need help with understanding your insurance. Yep, that's right. where mom, you need understanding credit. Now you're talking branding, marketing, right. web development. You're absolutely correct. We're outsourcing that because we yeah. we could do it. it right. I, I, you know what? I have a jack of all trades, right? I did once upon a time go to school for coding, so I can do websites, but I'm like, <laughs> I'd rather spend my time advising rather than coding and websites. Yeah, but, but so go, we go where God has planted you, and that's really obvious that he's planted you and gifted you to be a guidance. And what's yeah. really cool about Sierra, about everything that you're doing, is you've lived all this. It, this isn't just hyperbole or something you studied or, hey, do uh, you know do what I say, not as I do kind of thing. You actually live it and you do this stuff. So that is uh, obviously uh, authentic and it's convincing to people. So again, folks, get out there. Uh, Growth and Prosperity Consulting, you want to check them out. They're on the web. And then also um, House of Light, also out there on the web, you can check them. They got website. They've got they're on all the social media, everywhere you can go check. And then you get out there and check out Sarah Dockery or Sierra Dockery. I keep on calling you Sarah. Sierra Dockery on LinkedIn, and boy, you're gonna you're gonna get a lot of information as to what she's doing there and all the credentials. Let's quickly talk about how are you incorporating faith and work because some of these folks that you're working with, and this is a common issue, are uh, you know secular. You know, they're not people of faith or they're not people that would sit down and pray with you or ask for prayer. How do you deal with that? How do you integrate your faith and work? Oh, that's a very good question. It's funny because I'm growing and I tell people I'm still a novice in my walk and people are like, wait, what? I'm like, the thing about having a relationship with God and the creator is that it's ever growing. It's ever facet. And I am just learning what the true definition for me of faith. And I learned that faith equals belief plus action. So how I may pray and and go over scripture that needs to be followed up with the actual actions, right? So when I'm dealing with clients and I'm dealing with, I'll say children from low income backgrounds, or I'm dealing with clients that are coming from wherever they are coming from. Honestly, I set the tone. I pray before anything I do, before I walk through a door of a building Um, When I wake up in the morning, like I have a routine, but more importantly, I realize I have to set the tone and check my energy. Yep. Um, But it's funny because everyone that I come across, even my students, even though we're supposed to separate church and state. Yep. Oftentimes when I pull the kids to the side, they're like, hey, Ms. Dockery, I'm having a bad day. And my mom told me that you are a Christian. Can we listen to Christian music as we do our work today? I'm like, absolutely. That's great. We close the. We close the school door, we put, turn on the music, and when I say my students respond differently, right? Yeah. Because they requested. I didn't request it. They requested. 
Hey, absolutely. So that's how I do do when I'm in the school building, when my kids ask it. Yep. Parents have conversations with me. I say, hey, I don't know what you believe in. And I mean, no disrespect, but who I believe in is allowing me to sit in front of your child because I need to make sure your child gets what they need. And that's how I often communicate with like my parents. Right. Good. That opens the door for. Yep. Yep. I have had parents like, Ms. Dockery, can you pray over my child today? Like, I get text messages. I'm I'm very transparent. Most of my yep. parents have my number, my personal number. Dockery, hey, my child had a bad day before they got to school. Can you pray with them? Yep. Absolutely. You're, I love you're it. allowing me to cover your child? I'll cover. Clients, on the other hand, yeah. especially with growth and prosperity, in that discovery call, we do talk about how our business was founded, right? It's founded on faith. It was founded on values and principles of Christianity. So understand when you come to here, we are a family and I'm going to treat you like such. So I may offend you. I may hurt your feelings, but I'm going to do it out of love, grace, because at the end of the day, you don't need to give, you don't want me to give it to you in a fluff way, right? right. You want me to give it to you in a real honest way. I don't know how to do it because the relationship I have with God, he didn't give it to me fluffy. He gave it to me raw. Like, no, you can't do that right now. I'm like, why I can't do that right now? He said, because I said so. <laughs> okay, I can't do it right now. Okay, I love it. I love it, Sarah. And that's what it. You know, okay. that's what I was drawing out is that, you know, we've had a lot of tips and ideas with people where uh, they'll make during a conversation, hey, you know, boy, I had heard this great sermon at church this weekend. That kind of opens up and it's not threatening, you know, and it had to do with this. And it might have tie into a subject you're talking about. Uh, might be another quote that you read or scripture you read, and you can incorporate that. Uh, might be, yeah, I hold a Bible study in my in my uh, business, and anybody's welcome to come, whether a Christian or not, they can come. All kinds of different ideas. But you know, again, what this show is about is basically faith in the marketplace. How do we combine those things practically? Okay, we can talk about all kind of hyperbole, but how do we practically do this? Uh, one of the things I share with people that uh, for me is. Um, I got it given to me as a gift a long time ago by a gentleman that was actually the executive vice president of Motorola Worldwide. And he had his Bible, he's a devout Christian, he had his Bible on his desk, he had scripture in the back, and it wasn't just plants. He actually would take it out and use it. And and what he shared with me was, you know, Bobby said, I'd have all kinds of people come to my door with all kinds of issues and problems. And I used to go, say, well, it would be okay if I pray for you. And nobody would turn me down, you know, no matter what background they were. Mm. And he said, and then I go away and I pray for him. Until one day God touched me and says, why are you walking away doing that? Why don't you do it right then and there? And so he started doing it. And again, nobody refused him. Matter of fact, they were thrilled and that some of them would break down and cry. So I took that as a tip. And I started doing it myself. And in you know last five, eight years, nobody has ever refused. Now, I keep the prayer short. I keep it very specific. But I've had... I sit down at lunch the other day, and as we're getting ready you know, for lunch, I asked the server, what can we pray for you for? Well, it just so happened that his mother was sick. And I said, do you mind? We're going to include her in your, our prayer. And this young man was so thankful. You know, I don't know what his belief was or anything, but just touching people like that. You know, in that way, it's amazing what God will do with that. So, you know, our job is to plant the seeds. We'll let somebody else water it and grow it, let him water and grow it, and maybe two, three people away. And as I tell people, you know, what I want to hear when I get before him, and I'm, I'm praying that I do, is, well done, good and faithful mm-hmm. servant. Look what you brought me, and I'm not going to have a clue to it. Because I'm not down here for a body count. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying, well, I converted this person, converted that. No, I'm not. Uh, and, the, and the point of that is, 
I'd be thrilled if that would happen, you know, and that's what I look forward to. That's what, you know, when I'm called home to glory, I hope that I did the job he asked me to do here, you know, and that was to be a disciple. And so that's why I was sharing and asking you about that, because then again, these are practical things. This isn't something that you got to do some big hoo-ha about, but what stops people from being bold like that is fear. It's fear. Yeah. You know, that they're going to get labeled or you're one of those crazy Christians or whatever that might be. And and you got to walk through that because that's the evil one trying to stop us. They're, they're putting up this wall. Oh, you can't do that, but you know what's going to happen if you do that, right? So I'm thrilled to hear that when people come to you, you lay it right out. We're a, a faith-based organization here. We, we go by Christian principles. This is how we do things. And uh, that's exciting as heck. It really is. And God bless you. That's wonderful. Real quickly, what would you say to your younger self, knowing what you know now, uh, what would you say to your younger self? What would I say to my younger self? Um, I would tell my younger self, Asking for help is a sign of strength and fear. When you just mentioned that, so I smiled. I'm like, okay, I, he knew it. Fear will hold you back from your biggest dreams, goals, and opportunities. So stop being an overthinker. Stop being a people pleaser and truly accept the things that you cannot change and you don't have to control everything. Yeah. That's, that's a great old saying around that, you know, uh, that, uh, you know, you, you can't change everybody or everything. Just focus on the things. And there's so much that's out of our control today, right? Which always has been that way. There's so much that's out of our control. I share with people, focus on the things that you have control over. And that is basically your attitude, your behavior, and your commitment, okay? Faith has a lot to do with all three of those. Because if you're having a bad day, somebody cuts you off when you're driving there's an attitude thing that you got to address right there, right? Do I run up on them? Do I flip them off? What do I do? That plays into your behavior, right? My attitude, I'm going to get my head all up, and then my behavior is going to be, I'm going to get aggressive. Or you back off, go with God. I hope nothing happens to you, right? And then your commitment to do things. Those are three things that I think at least everybody that I talk to and I coach and teach us all the time, you know, that you have choice and control over. Those are three things that you really can, most everybody will agree, yeah, I do have choice and control over my attitude, I do have choice and control over my behavior, and I do have choice and control over my uh, my commitment or character. That's another one that comes up a lot, too. People say my character. Yeah. I call them the ABCs, okay, that you actually could have control over. And I got a whole little diagram, and I won't put you through all that. Listen, what I'd like to do is, through our conversation, I think both of us have, have come up with a couple things that maybe we could do a mystery subject roundtable to our audience, okay? So I'm going to tease them. They're going to hang in there. they got to stay with us. We're going to be back, and Sierra and I are going to talk about a mystery subject. We're going to roundtable briefly, okay? Are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that helps you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to G7 Networking with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, fair requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. Chapters are forming now in the Chicagoland area and around the U.S., so please visit 
g7networking.com for details and search for a chapter near you. G7 is looking for well-connected leaders to, of integrity and purpose, looking for what's next. If this sounds like you, please reach out to us via website, again, g7networking.com, or if you're interested here in Chicago, just text me at 847-922-1498. Again, Bob Lambert, text me at 847-922-1498. Oh, hey, welcome back here. I'm back with Sierra, and we are going to chew on a subject today that I think most of everybody here would probably say, well, that's a pretty good idea. Sierra, what's going to be? Sierra, what's going to be? It's going to be, have you looked at yourself in the mirror and actually held yourself accountable? <laughs> so that, you had a story that's about what we yeah, you, you had a story about that. So let's, let's leave the audience, let the audience know uh, where you had to make an adjustment. <laughs> oh, yes. Um, about five years ago, I had a student. And by the time I got to this student, he had already missed over from his freshman and sophomore year of school. He had already missed over like 90 days of school. They said he had a very pissed, bad attitude about just school and life and how he was angry about his disability. And every day from his junior year till about probably mid-year, every time we showed up, we would fight. And when I say fight, meaning we would argue and, okay, you need to do this, you need to do that. Why? Being visually impaired is a, is a curse. It's not going to help me. It's, I'm like, oh my God, why are you looking at life? And so we were butt heads and I will never forget. It was right before Christmas that year. And I said, okay, God, either he going to have to leave or I'm going to have to leave. But you know what? You asked me to be a steward and my job is to be a servant. So my job is to teach. So God, can you please change how I myself show up for this student because if you don't change me we're going to keep going at it sure enough that next day the team got involved principal got involved they put me and this young man in a padded room and said y'all have at it i allowed this student to call me everything but a child of god and i said once he was done i said do you trust me and my relationship with god enough that i can show you your disability is not a curse, but a blessing. He said, if you are willing to sit in this room and allow me to cuss you out and do that, I can at least have faith that you can show me otherwise. And I said, okay, that next semester, January came, I took him down to a college tour. I introduced him to a bunch of blind people that were very successful. One lady was at ABC7. One was a principal in uh, Chicago Public Schools. He turned around, he said, I just needed to have faith and believe in you, Ms. Dockery. And I said, no, I had to have asked God to change me because I had to put a mirror in my face because how I showed up for you was not a response that your spirit was answering. So I had to figure out how to show up for your spirit. And since then, this young, same young man has a full academic ride. He's going to school to be a computer scientist and he's doing phenomenal. He's doing great. But it took me having to check myself in the mirror and hold myself accountable as a business owner and a teacher of how I was showing up for this student. Yeah, and what a blessing that you had God to lean on to give you some guidance about that. <clears throat> because I'm sure in some way, uh, somehow, that he made the message pretty clear to you. <laughs> you know, 
you know, uh, you know, you, you got a great exterior, but there's something going on inside that needs to get cleaned up a little bit, right? You're absolutely right. I had the same yeah, situation, matter of fact, just recently, and in a very difficult situation. And you know, my I got my head all up, and I'm all into my stuff and everything else. And then I had to stand back and say, "Is this why He created me to be like this?" Is this really who I'm supposed to be? I'm supposed to be an ambassador for the greatest person that that ever lived, Jesus Christ. And that's I'm not showing up that way right now with my attitude and, and how I'm behaving and everything else. And also biblically, I had and it hit me right between the eyes. One of the devotionals was we're supposed to pray for our enemies. We are supposed to pray for people we don't like. Okay, and what it dawned on me at that time is that the evil one was trying to get to me. He was trying to break me down and get to me. He knows you know, that I'm all in with God, but he's trying to get to me and upset me through this other person. <clears throat> Once I got that and, and really got you know, to understand it and look myself in the mirror like you did, I said, okay, you're absolutely right. This is all about me. It's not about them. And i got to change how I'm reflecting on this. And every single day since then, I've been praying for this person. And guess what? It's brought me enormous peace you know, terrific love and just saying, okay, I get it. It's not about me. It's about how I'm serving you and how I'm acting and my behavior. And, you know, this is not what I want other people to see in me. Okay. Because I got a big badge on my back that says, this is a, this is a child of God, you know? And one of the things I share with people all the time that when you're a professed Christian and it's bold and you're, and a lot of people do know me as a professed Christian, I have to walk the walk because I know people are watching. And I, I share this with you for a reason because I give this to leaders all the time, young people particularly. They're not following Jesus. They're not going to church or whatever, okay? There's a lot of reasons for it. But they are watching you, and they're watching everything about you if you're a professed Christian. Now, no man's perfect. I certainly am not. But i got to be very aware of my actions speak louder than my words. As St. Francis once said, go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. It's about showing up and walking it, not just talking. Now, you get there's times when you can talk it, and like you did, you sat down with him, and he, he knew you were a person of God, you know, that you were a Christian. So that was a whole part of this whole scenario that you're, we're talking about. And so um, I, I think out of this little shoe that we had, it's to really say to people, check where you're coming from. Look yourself in the mirror, and if you like what, you, what, what you're doing there, then maybe you got to check that against, you know, what God's thinking about that. And all do your behavior, you know, and, and do that first. Um, I, would that be a fair statement that, uh, to, that you're thinking of? Okay. Sierra, I can't— I have to say you said it. I can't thank you enough for being on today. This is what a pleasure, what a gift this is to me, and I know our audience that you came on today. So uh, one more time, how do they get a hold of you? So you know what? You can reach me personally, yeah. and I, I'm a big person. Again, I'm all about connection, and you can go through a team. You can do that, but if you still can't connect with me, that defeats its purpose, right? So you can anyone can reach me personally at Sierra, S I E. R-R-A, Dockery, D like in David, O-C-K-E-R-Y, 
at houseoflightllc.org. That mm-hmm. email gets sent directly to me. Okay, that's fabulous. And again, you heard it out there, folks. We've had a great interview today. Lots of tips and ideas that Sierra was going to share. She didn't disappoint. She told you what she was going to share with you. And what a God story. And what a blessing you are to everybody that meets you, Sierra. I know that my life is better for getting to know you. And I hope that everybody out there feels the same way. You got to listen to this podcast, spread it around, let everybody know. And I want to encourage you to get out to faithmarketplace.com. We have lots of stuff out there, a lot of the postings of the, all the podcasts. Also, there's this little donation button, and that's how this ministry runs, is on the generosity of listeners and people are out there that uh, feel that this is a ministry worth supporting. So we appreciate anything you can do that way, too. We're going to be back next week with another guest.